Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Everything is Content. We're Beth. <laughs> what do you mean we no. are? <laughs> we're all each other and we're each other's... Um, I'm one person with you. Look, we've got a new thing. We've got no, we've got a new thing in the show notes. If only you'd read them. I'm Beth. I'm Rachera. And I'm Anoni. And this is the weekly pop culture podcast where we pan for gold in the murky minds of content. This week we're going to be talking about trite TikTok trends and May December. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Everything Is Content Pod for a mixture of memes and intelligent conversation. What more could you want? Guys, before we start, I have to tell you, I did have one two margaritas at lunch. Is it one or is it two? It's two. Two lunch margaritas. Two lunch, but they were 3 p.m. So po- post lunch, pre pogged. I've got to ask spicy or well, regular. So obviously, I started with the spicy because <laughs> I'm basic. And then. On the menu, they had um, lychee and honey. Was this li- like lunch margarita instead of you had this as a liquid lunch or you had lunch, you had these I was actually to lunch. mentioning either. I wasn't going for lunch or drinks. I was going to meet up with my friend to see this new co-working space. I arrived, put my laptop down. She looked at me and went, the cocktail menu looks really nice. And then the woman came in and she was like, do you want anything? And I said, yes, uh, Tommy's. And then she said, I'll have the honey. And then that was it. And then we did no work, had two margaritas and I had to have another lunch. Listen, it's Christmas. I feel like this was our who's reasoning. Working? It's a new place. It's just opened up and it's like pitched as like a co-working space, but it's mm-hmm. also one of those places that does bottomless brunch. So everyone around us was just having bottomless brunch I've and we were sat in a booth with laptops. Bottomless brunch? Ever? Really? No, yeah, my brunch has always had bottoms. Before. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've even never had in lunch. Like we go for 2019 when it was no, like I literally because we'd have 30 pounds for our name exactly. And I know. We'd go I've for been, brunch. Oh, I, <gasps> I, I don't. I don't think you're missing out though because I feel like the one time I had it, you end up feeling horrendous by 11 a.m. You go home, you feel confused, you end up going on a night out, and the whole thing is just a disaster. I can't believe that you said the one time. Guys, this is, I know I'm so basic, but we used to go, and I'm not joking, at one point we were like, we need to be put in straight jackets. One time we went for bottomless brunch. Are you selling this? It, I don't understand. We went out, we lost like hours of our life. And at some point, our friend Is this a, good? No, but it's just, this was it's like a way of life. brunch. One of our friends has a dog and she was, it was in the summer and she's like, I'm going to go back to the house. I need to go after the dog. I'm going to buy stuff for a barbecue. I'll meet you guys back at mine. Okay. And then there was like th- four, three of us still there. And we were like so drunk. We randomly got on a rickshaw to take us to the tube, but got distracted when we got to the tube because these girls that were like in their early 20s told us we look beautiful and we should go out. We forgot our friend had gone home and bought <gasps> supplies for a barbecue. Alone-y. And we went out, went for dinner. She rang us. She was like, where are you guys? We were like, what? And we'd gone for, di- for dinner in Soho. Oh, you know, I want to say, this is actually not the first story you've ever told me where like a rickshaw was involved. I know. You are single had been propping up the rickshaw. Me and Annie Lord got a rickshaw all the way back to Balham once. I know. Because that was the night actually that me and Beth, me and you met Emily Raskowski. Yes. And me and Annie, it was also like a Monday night in December. It might have always been like, it might it have was been like about, the 11th of December. I it think was it about was, now. yeah. 
and I managed to haggle with this. <laughs> we thought it was a really good deal. Haggle with the Rickshaws. How much is it? From Soho. Tell us the price. I think sixty pounds. Oh, but yeah. So Rickshaws and me, we go. Okay, oh. Rickshaws I've not done, and I've not done the oh Bobless Brunch. Do I live in London? No. Oh my god! Sometimes Poppy and I, when we're in, we'll just get on a Rickshaw and just be like wherever you're not going, we'll just come with you. So like a few streets. Past. What? So, this is not bad. normal. So when they're like that, we're like out. We're drunk. We're going to another bar. We're like, can you just what your next destination is? And they'll just drive you like a minute because it's just fun. <laughs> you know, what I'm I love a rickshaw because you got especially when you play your music. Do you live in like America and Ashley's team film? <laughs> yeah, it really like, sounds like it. Oh. It's like the modern carriage and horses. I, I feel like for you. That's so fun, guys. You need to go on it, but they do. They are exorbitant. Okay, so on the topic of fun Christmas things, I have seen, for me, it's very fun. It is the iCare 25 person meatball. Sorry? I've seen this. It is gargantuan. Wait. It is what? festive. It's fun. It's a meatball to feed the entire family and more. Is this is this real? Is this I don't get it. Is it a joke? What is this? It, it's real because I saw it and I thought it was also a joke. In but person? No, I saw it online. I'm not gonna lie. It made me feel a bit sick. I kind of I, I love IKEA meatballs. I'm I'm now a yes. part time vegetarian, so obviously don't have anymore. But um, they're basically they've made it and they're giving it away to like thirty people. I think it's like a special edition. Yes. Yeah, so the winners have been chosen. Why now you had to like comment so in a group chat this is why i heard about it a, a friend of mine was like how revolting does this look and i had already gone to the comments <laughs> to like sign up and, and, and hopefully get one i was sprinting to the ikea uk page to so it was i don't know how many winners like you say like maybe 30 um i haven't won because they've been out I, no I won. beth no that's do you want to see a picture of it Richard? yeah i absolutely do okay, yes. so this is the meatball it's oh, beautiful my god <laughs> But how? Okay, if, first question: How we, how would you eat it? Would you get like an ice cream scooper? How does it arrive I, at your house? It's I frozen. assume in like a big. Is it frozen? It's frozen. It's and frozen. You it. So it's four point five kilograms, which is about the size of a one month old baby. <laughs> Oh, I don't think <laughs> or it a nice. I'm sorry. I love the meatballs. Why? Ones. You when, love the meatballs. When I was little, did you guys used to do this as a day out? My dad would take yes. me to Ikea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, would be the day just, out. Which means when you were younger. Yeah. <laughs> I literally <laughs> did that like a few months did ago. You? I need, yes. The thing is, I'm waiting for, and oh my God, this should be a topic, the big, the big top shop Ikea to open up uh, I saw on a guy, Street. I saw a guy today with a big Ikea bag and he was in Central. Interesting. Is it open? If that Ikea had finally opened, which by the way, it's been opening, I swear forever, but I think it is open in 2024. If they were selling this ginormous meatball, would you buy it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why I mean, not? How much does it cost? In this in this scenario, does it cost as much as like a really big turkey? I would. I would. What for the fun of it? Do you think it would be? Would you buy it because you think it'd be delicious? I or think, could think it would. Funny? I don't think they'd lead us wrong. How would you cook it? It's massive. I think they say that it can fit into an oven. Okay, I've read all so the terms and conditions because I've ended the competition and I was so hoping that I would win. I would buy it for the hilarity of inviting your friends around and having like, I wish I had one of those massive like dome metal things. It wouldn't fit under that though. And a then cloth. just revealing it and then just that. <sighs> oh, I know I really wanted it. I'm I'm actually kind of hankering for it. Like they said on the on the website that it's just, it's not going to be sold in stores. Now my heart dropped. Okay, but on a more serious note, what does this say about like consumer? Because I do think it is revolting. It just makes me think of like they, overconsumption. What like, they what- said was that it was in response to the cost of living crisis, that what they were doing was providing. I'm, I've For got this written people, down that'll somewhere. Help. <laughs> so they said, on the ICA website, they said, with the rising cost of the holiday season, IKEA have created a more affordable alternative to the turkeys um, 
and the roast we're familiar with, which makes no sense because they're not selling them. Because you can't that, buy it. So that's I think not, I do feel like they're sort of clout so chasing. That's greenwashing. That's not a thing. Uh, it is, it's greenwashing, yeah. Um, but if they were selling it and they were selling it at perhaps a discount, then I would understand. Did you see the comments from like other brands? No, oh, no, no, I just happened? wanted to. Because this is just making me think, because everything now is kind of done for, it's a bit like what we were talking about in the other episode. Everything has to be like outrageous mm-hmm. that we spoke about in the first episode. There was this comment. Right, so it's like viral bait. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what it was because I saw it on my friend's story. I clicked on it and I watched the video like three times and everyone was like, is this real? And when it was real, it was like, everything's gone too far. So on the comments of on the Instagram post, who gives a crap who are that toilet roll brand? Yeah. yeah. Had commented, when you're done uh, passing the meatball, dot, 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 we've got something for you. Two eyes looking sideways emoji. Ew. Ikea UK replied Sorry. at who gives a crap, TP. We're going to need a bigger toilet brush and then a toilet that emoji. disgusting. <gasps> Sorry, what? you're trying to sell something to someone and you're inferring that we're going to get the S H I T S. You're going to get the shine. The sugar honey iced teas is what they're saying. I've never heard that before. I love that. How is this good advertising? If I was Ikea, I would have deleted that comment and been like, go off my page. It's so cringe and it's so infantilizing online, just like these brands going at war with each other. I don't know. It's just the the cringiest stereotype of content right now. I think the boomers are probably the only, like my dad would have been like, Oh, but it's about food. <laughs> the clap back from. But why would you want to like, associate with about like having an upset tummy? It's don't just talk about sense. the afterwards of food. No. Okay, well, I don't really want it anymore. No, I can't. Yeah, how do you feel about the I can't really grow up. The, the give a crap toilet paper, I think, has solved my my craving. I oh. think that IKEA were. Cla- I would have thought they would be classier than that. I would too. Oh, They've let us down. Savage. <laughs> no, it's have apology yeah. incoming. <laughs> So we asked on our Instagram what you guys wanted us to talk about this week. And Laura Williams suggested we talk about the, I think I like this little life TikTok trend, which is driving us up the wall. (laughs) What the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell that is, is one of the most irritating TikTok trends that I have come across this year. And that's saying something okay tell me everything i have no idea what this well, is well look i've seen about four videos and they've all sent me up the wall and oh, this is eight, borrowed thousand so for anyone who hasn't seen it it is a it's this song set to clips from people's lives and some of it is really sweet some of it okay. is like moments from a little life and it's really sweet and romantic other times it's really lavish holidays and the message of the song and the content of the videos are just not matching up Weird. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a real disparity, and it's oh, it's really jarring. But like sometimes you'll see it; it's really cute of like a babe, babe, a newborn baby, and it'll be like that little foot, and then it's like I think I like this little okay, life. And so you think, that's oh, sweet. that's so lovely because it is like, do you know what? It's this amazing thing is coming to your life, yeah. and like life is amazing. Yeah. But then the new thing is everyone's doing these like three second clips, but with like a wall of writing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no disrespect to them either, because I think what happens is someone sees a video, it's going viral, so they do that video. So everything is sort of like self-fulfilling. So people just keep making that content. But once you've seen it so many times, it just becomes like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so... Not everyone has to do everything, I think. Like, it's giving Lydia Millen, I had to stay at the Savoy because my heating yes, was broken. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Worst, <laughs> is that, is that. The worst thing about that was when she kept replying to people in the comments very earnestly, and I don't think she realised that everyone was basically calling her and saying, "Was that sponsored?" I never got to the bottom of that. Whether that was just like wildly, I think, I think it maybe maybe she was like gifted it, and she thought it'd be like a funny way of like of doing relating it, yeah. to the cost of living. 
just was it. I've sure. actually met her. She's really nice. I met her on a press trip like a few years ago, and she was actually really lovely. No doubt, she did she seem is. nice. But, but I think she's missing. just. I think she's. But it's one of those but, things where sometimes people are like so out of the oblivious. loop of things, where you're kind of oblivious. like. You actually probably don't mean any harm. And it's no, like, no, but it's yeah. just, it, and you're in a ta- certain tax yeah. bracket. You do forget, or ha- if you've never known, you you kind of like completely lose 80% of your audience because it's so unrelatable. Yeah. And I feel like people become almost a projection for everyone's like irritation about a topic. So she became oh, yeah. almost like a message for how the rich are completely oblivious about like the realities of the cost of living crisis. That was why it was so interesting. Her job is promote luxury. Like I actually don't think she, if it had just gone to her audience, the reason it landed so badly was it because it was such a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. It went outside of it. Her actual general content is that mm. wild luxury kind of like aspirational content. I also feel like it's when TikTok gets shared on X formerly known as Twitter the Twitter crowd are pretty vicious. And I feel like it's always how that transition happens when something goes astronomically big in the bad direction. So has this got much criticism or backlash, much like the Savoy lady stuff that went viral? There was a video earlier in the week from Alistair Green, who's a really funny British comedian satirist. If you haven't seen him, you need to look him up. And it's him kind of like, just against again with that like wall of writing playing the song and it's like I'm a Gemini blah 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 and it's really funny <laughs> so people are starting to satirize it I haven't actually seen anyone talking about it on X but it's I'm sure it's coming because it is like I open the reels app and if I have my sound on I drive myself insane because I scroll and every song oh. is that yeah I've seen stuff in TikTok being like well I didn't realize how many people's little lives involved like <laughs> townhouses and and, and whatever else, like Maybachs and like stuff Hedge like that. Hedge boyfriends. Exactly. So I, I think it's, it will inevitably spread. But like, it used to be that X was the place that people got like the first, like that's where criticism funny stuff started. Now I think we're getting it late. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that will be the newsreel or like the Twitter stuff next week, which is kind of sad for the site because it used but, to be like the breaking. But I wonder if that's because Twitter is concerned. Like when I go on Twitter, most of what I'm following is talking about Palestine and like the Middle East. So I wonder if Twitter is slightly more the higher brow you're the first person to say that no, this, I, yeah you, but i but know, you know what you I mean. mean it's, it's more news based. News. it's genuinely like i think when there's important stuff going on twitter will focus on it whereas the other sites do allow themselves to just dissolve into basicness I, and i can I, I never know now that everyone has a kind of news feed that's generative or like is, is based on your own user experience i can never tell i'm like no one's talking about this and it's just because it's based mm-hmm. on what i'm looking at we will see yeah yeah watch this space for next week and everyone will, be, everyone will be fucking horrible. And you know who's going to catch the flack? It will be like people just minding their own business, making like cute little videos. Women straight making shots, cute. It shots. will be straight to them. <laughs> okay, so one thing you guys know about me is I love some book top drama. Do you know about the thing that's been popping off this week with Kate Corain? Yes, I know exactly what you okay, mean. Okay, and only do you know? No, I have no idea. It's so oh, juicy. Okay. So juicy. So it's so, so juicy. Beth's so right. So online, there was a massive story that popped off with a writer who basically was found out to have one star reviewed mostly people of colour on Goodreads. And they got found out and they've had to issue an apology <gasps> And the apology, it's what do you think? Okay. It's a notes okay. apology. It's a notes <gasps> apology yes. and it's, it's, it's really, it's a dud in, in the sense that it doesn't take for a proper accountability. I mean, so, just to be clear, they're white as well. Yes, yeah, so there's a white author, um, non-binary white author who had a really buzzy book coming out in 
next not anymore May. do i know the book um it's it's kind of queer um greek retelling of mythology so unless that's your so like massive audience so like a really big audience for that but i don't read that kind of stuff you maybe don't either, I, I would don't know. i would read it but i don't think i've heard of but it had like a huge a huge buzz Are around they, it u.s based or uk so it was meant to be it was um delray was a publisher it was in the illumicrate which is like a book box a huge American, North American book box distributor. Mm -hmm. It was there. It was one of their books for May 2024 when it was coming out. It was basically poised to succeed and it's all gone because she was found out by her fellow authors, her peers for, Mm. like Rachira says, one starring review. So no reason for her to do this besides jealousy. Yeah. You can assume racism. You can assume like a kind of... Can I just quickly ask? So she preemptively one star reviewed competing authors yes. on Goodreads. Yes. And but surely that account- can't have that much impact if we only do one But I think the fact, one, maybe not. Goodreads is its own animal and its own monster and I try not to go there. But the reason like it was a big deal was that it was she she was doing it pretending it wasn't her. No, but what I mean obvious. is what was the point? Like how many... You can make multiple accounts. She did more than one. Yeah, okay, multiple right. accounts. To, to tank other, or to plant the seeds that these yeah. other competitors <gasps> weren't. And these were often, yeah, as Rujira says, authors of colour. Yeah. Um, and and she she's a, a white author and it's it wasn't you can't just chalk this up to like the jealousy and and only you'll know this like publishing a book is really hard work in the modern like publishing industry they encourage you to like be so online and to really like you need the buzz and it encourages this horrible like scarcity mindset you can't chalk up to that because who she's targeted are but also and, and Beth you'll be the same having written a book and I'm sure Rotarios is coming ASAP but like I'm really supportive of other authors because it's like they're your peers in the industry I must say I've had some suspicious one star reviews um, they could just be real can I read some of the apology okay read us the apology okay, yeah, yeah. so the apology you'll just see Dear friends, family, readers, fellow authors, and members of the publishing community, since June 2022, I've been fighting a losing battle against depression, alcoholism, and substance abuse, the full scope of which I've hidden from everyone in my life out of shame. Then it goes on to say, I started a new medication, and on December 2nd, 2023, I suffered a complete psychological breakdown. During this time, I created roughly six profiles on Goodreads, and along with two profiles I made during a similar but shorter breakdown in 2022, I boosted the rating of my book, bombed the ratings of several fellow debut authors and left reviews that ranged from kind of mean to downright abusive. Then they go on and on and on to kind of detail it more. But people really took umbrage with the fact that they're kind of really bringing in a lot of personal detail about a breakdown that they had and almost suggesting that that kind of explains why their behavior happened and People are not okay with that. Yeah. I, I mean, and I know you've like very openly spoken about your struggles as well, Beth, but there's that really good phrase, which I come back to all the time, which is just because you can understand a behavior doesn't mean you can excuse it. Yes. So just because I've done something because I've been depressed, I've always apologized for the behavior and the the, the circumstances around it kind of are inconsequential because mm. irrespective of intention, if you hurt someone, you hurt them. That's the, it, that's the wound we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. The intention is kind of, by the by. Yeah. And yeah. they do seem very reluctant to, to express that what they've done is not just meanness and like abuse to all other authors. Like it, it's very targeted. Mm. If there's a racial element to it, if it's racism, yeah. a medication and uh, an illness does not no. cause you to do a campaign of harassment against authors of colour. Mm. It may make you act in 
ways that are completely out of character, ways that are frightening, that may make you say certain things. But this is a ongoing campaign yeah. and it's just not it just doesn't hold up and it, it's it's such a go-to for when someone has um a breakdown and what they revert to as abuse which is misogynistic or racist we had this whole conversation with Kanye West in 2022 I was literally just thinking yeah and and what it doesn't do is implant ideas I mean it might in a implant crazy ideas we're having you know a psychotic break or whatever but what it doesn't do is cause you to have a you know a campaign of harassment against no. certain authors like it's it, this is not how it functions and it, it, it just kind of defied belief a little bit i already feel bad though because i've just said all of that and then i think god but we can't just dis- we should never dismiss mental health we should never that and that's i guess why it's so tricky because it's like my immediate response to that is well you put instead of apologizing first it should have been the apology first and then I if agree. you wanted to you know and just to say i did this awful thing i shouldn't have done it as a side note, I have been really struggling. It doesn't take away from my apology, blah, blah, blah. But because they didn't do it like that, it has, now I feel like, God, I shouldn't have said that. No. Or like, yeah. and, that's, and that's the kind of difficult thing with, I guess, talking about mental health is it's like, I never want to discount anyone's story and I never want to disagree with them. But that's where it, it's but like, it that's not what you've done. That's not what you've done. Things like mental health makes us shoot yes. up schools or it makes us target minority groups or, or vulnerable, like uh, people are far more willing to ex- to admit these things that have been going on and say also I probably do have some kind of bias as a white person that makes me envious and feel like people of color shouldn't succeed I need to look at that alongside this really devastating you know alcoholism and, and mental health those things yeah. can exist and that's just a little bit more kind of depth to plumb and they didn't want to deal with that at all that's that's the issue I think it's not even the mental health concerns going on so I think you're completely right to talk about the apology because what was lacking there was any accountability of the racial dynamics literally as you said Beth and also the internet is just built up to unfavor minority people so I wrote a piece for the i newspaper in 2021 about Goodreads where I spoke to multiple people of color. I spoke to trans writers, um, bi and gay writers who've all been flooded with one-star reviews before their books came out. Mm. And that is a very common practice on Goodreads. This is one story, but there are multiple people doing this. Yeah, and I would say if you find yourself in the position, even if you are depressed out of your mind where you you come out of it and you realize you've propped up that behavior, you you have to take accountability for that and you have to take your role in that very seriously. Yeah. That, That... without doing that I think it gets you nowhere completely and loads of the comments not to make light of it but loads of the comments were like what medication makes you racist and it is it is a joke but it's also I don't know there is something in that because you don't see everyone else shielding themselves against racism by using mental health it's not right no totally totally agree and and yeah going forward all you can hope that is that the writers one that she kind of pilloried and the writers that she targeted do get a, you know a kind of fair shot yeah or in an industry that's already so racist yes. an industry that's already so disinclined to favor them yes it's just really making me think about yellow face by rebecca f kwang which kind of deals with racism within the publishing industry underhanded sort of means of making a way into fame and notoriety in the literary space have you guys i bet you've read it i've you? read this love this was one day read i haven't read it i've downloaded it to listen back to you but i haven't read it yet so tell me tell me all well, I, I mean, I loved it and it was kind of, it was a, I think I read it in the summer and I read it, I've seen so much buzz about it before it came out. I don't know if I had an amazing like PR machine behind it. It was very buzzy, wasn't it? To, yeah, I had to read it. I got it in hardback. I think the day it came out, I went and bought it. I read it in the sun in my garden. 
I loved it. I thought it did something really fresh and new. It's basically about these two friends and one of them is Chinese. Chinese American and the other is. is And the other is just like a white American girl. And they both go to the same college and then one of them finds massive literary success and the other one really struggles to Mm. get there. And this isn't a spoiler because it's in like the promotional material, but one of the characters, Athena, dies in a freak accident and June, her white friend, kind of takes her writing and her manuscript (gasps) and tries to pass it off as her own. And so, but it's a really, I really loved it. I thought it was very juicy. It's very pacey. It's thrillery. It felt very current. I think I was interested to know whether people that weren't in similar industries, like I've written a book and gone through publishing. And so I think I found it extra juicy, juicy, but it was interesting that it seemed to transcend beyond just the media world. Like everyone's proper gossipy and it's proper like cringy. It's so many moments you go, this is so uncomfortable. And I think, I think it was um, Rebecca Quang who said, it's not, it is a story about racism in these industries, mm-hmm. but it's also a story about how we're forced into these competitive spaces as mm-hmm. female writers. We're kind of given the, all the fuel to butt up against each other. Yeah. And if we choose that, if we choose to see each other as competitors, if we choose to believe that there's a finite amount Scarcity. of success yeah. the scarcity mindset exactly then we fail but of course also if you choose racism if you steal a manuscript and pass it off as your own if it's like where's about the line Chinese history you probably that's gonna, the line you know some stuff's gonna happen after that that might make you question oh, I'm gonna read it that's oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah I think you'll really enjoy it she wrote okay. Babel as well which I've not read now I've not I read. want to read which was again a huge hit so yeah. I, I think she's a real real writer to be reckoned mm. with it was it, you're right Beth in that it's one of those ones where you're kind of like <gasps> you close the book and you think I can't I can't bear this it's so <laughs> frustrating more, and you're like but... I'm gonna die I can't but you know and you're just like Oh, it so invested. Yeah, you're, no, not even just the investment. It's like you feel like you're getting secondhand, like you're there and you can't bear that this is happening and you're so scared that it's all going to get oh. found out. It's such an immersive first yeah. person, like, and very rarely, like, I don't know, actually, not very rarely, but like an immersive first person is often like, uh, quite a frustrating read whereas yeah. this is just like fully you know in Saltburn <laughs> Beth when, is cringing literally I, 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 I'm, I'm actually like curling up in Saltburn which we referenced heavily in the first episode when Felix is driving um, yes, Oliver that back feeling. to the house that feeling Same. you know when he's like Dread, you're really, you're like no he has to be telling the truth he has to be telling I was watching it in my skin crawling and she was like I can't look. you're griffing we each other like, I'm gonna be sick we were like no and it's I read ahead feeling. in books and I, I'm so guilty for this but I was like but don't read ahead don't and I was kind of like skipping something, skipping just because I need to <gasps> know do you do that it's a horrible habit I do also with like films on Netflix no because it apparently helps with anxiety but I do I that with that. horror films I read synopses yes ex- and it does help it's nuts how many similarities there are with the Cake Rain story and Yellowface. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, it feels like a cautionary tale. Like, and it's a, it's a, it's a shame both for the author and and like their community. But she's completely blocked her blessings and will not be like it's just done on the website. Like they pushed it back to twenty twenty seven, and then they've just said no, it, it's it's not. They're not out. publishing the book. No, and like she had the art, like the advanced reader copies. I saw a video of her unboxing the. The copy is really excited. Like it has, it's it's done. I hate to break it to you guys oh, though. What this, a scandal! This is going to be Caroline Calloway. That book is going to come out in two years' time when this has died down. It's going to sell a million copies. She'll then write a book, like so you've been publicly shamed, but not that. If anything, this is actually Let's there's see. no way that's not going to happen because I am now dying to read her book. Because for the moment, you know what? It does feel like justice in a way that is so rarely served to publicly racist people or publicly kind of 
yeah. outrageous people. It, so but we'll it, see. I'm quite surprised that I'm actually surprised they pulled it. Are you? Not with the p- backlash. I think the backlash was so insular. Okay. Absolutely huge. I, I would yeah. be very surprised. I imagine it might come out under a different name, under a different title. God, but I do, I just, let's p- put a pin in this because I do have, and I'm not saying it's right. I just, I there's the way this world is, people are now going to be gasping for that book. Let's see. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think you'd have to court controversy, like in in the way that Car- Caroline Calloway did. People you'd have to, and I. That's what I mean. She'd have to be like. I, I think the they good might not. Troll. The think- Goodreads trolls will come out with a memoir or something. Oh god. We yeah. do love a villain story, don't we? Which is such a shame. <laughs> yeah. Not that one though. No, ideally not. Last week, I asked you guys to watch a film called May December. Yes. Did, did you guys watch it? I yeah. did. Okay, so everyone here has seen it. Um, if you guys at home haven't seen it, it's okay. We're going to keep this relatively, we're going to keep it spoiler free. Of course. Um, but we will talk about the themes of the film and the performances, stuff like that. So you've still got time to watch it. Go to cinema, watch it on Sky, wherever. Right, so the film is, it's a Todd Haynes film, which is about a relationship between Joe and his much older wife, Gracie, mm-hmm. with the interloper being Elizabeth, who's played by Natalie Portman. So it's Julianne Moore as Gracie and Charles Melton. Of Riverdale fame. Which I never watched Riverdale. No, me neither. <gasps> I did. And so this is my first, is it? Is he playing a very different character? In, um, I mean, obviously, but I also. I cannot stress to you how different the character he is playing. Who is he in Riverdale? Riverdale is like, so it's based on, um, what are those The comics? Archie comics. The Archie comics, right. And I cannot tell you, the writers took crack before they wrote it. <laughs> it is the most insane storyline. And Riverdale fans will know this. I could not keep up with it because I was like, every episode, there's either a cult. There's like two people who are like in, like possessed by a devil. So completely, very, a big diversion for, for Charles Melton to now be He's got nominated range. for a Golden Globe, Oscar buzz. Yeah. To go from a kind of teen sh- a strange teen show to this is a big diversion yeah um so this is a film which is about yeah a relationship between a much younger man and a much older woman it's based on a real life story i don't know if you guys know the story of mary kay letourneau um and billy falau i wasn't familiar with it until watching this and then doing the binge into research so um, yeah so it's it's so i mean I, I stumbled across this story when i was probably about 12 it was in those like really? glossy like lifestyle magazines of the dentist and Even i was in the horrified UK? it was yeah i think they did a big interview together, which was on Australian news, which went global. So this is a couple, I'll give it a little bit of background. Mm. It was Mary Kay was a 34 year old teacher in Seattle, America. Mm. She started, oh, she was caught with her student, Billy Falau, when he was 12 years old, she was 34 oh, in her God. car. They both denied that any quote unquote touching had taken place. So this was 1996, I think. Um, she wasn't arrested until the following year when they sort of admitted to having a romantic sexual affair. She went to prison for a few months on the condition that she wouldn't see him. She had their first child together when he was 13. She was in her 30s. She left prison, broke the terms of her parole and was sent back for her full term until I think 2004, 2003. Um, They had another daughter in that time. And then they got married in 2005. So they had an ongoing relationship for about 20 years after her prison sentence, despite the relationship beginning, and obviously. And I, I'm so loath to call it a relationship. Up? They did actually end, they got divorced in 2017 and she died in 2020. So they weren't married. How but old we're was in she in 2020 then? Early 60s. So she was quite young when she died. In the real life story, 
they got divorced and did he did, did we ever hear anything about him did he ever recognize what he'd gone through so i don't know they did a very viral interview it's gone viral again recently obviously with the may december mm. uh film press but at the time they didn't interview when they were married which was really controversial because she really presses him in parts to say things oh. like he pursued her he was this seducing her and he goes that you comes know, across he's not yeah so there's these themes of the older woman pressing this younger and also non-white child or non-white man to say that when he was the child he was he the was aggressor the he was seducer. pushing it and she was this innocent kind of flower where, where she was in her 30s in both cases she's an older woman so in the film gracie is not his teacher she works with this 13 year old at pet shop so that's where they meet and that's where they're discovered and again in the film she's gone to prison and they forged this life together which is on the face of it really like typically domestic and idyllic exactly and elizabeth natalie portman comes in to research her role for an upcoming film where she plays gracie and she kind of disrupts that and not for the first well maybe for the first time joe really thinks about his role so he's 36 the same age as the actress his wife is two decades plus older than him his kids are barely younger than him he's closer in age to his children than his wife right and he has this kind of arc of imagining and it's such a fascinating film i think it's a brilliant film um it was categorized by the golden globes as a comedy musical which considering everything that we've just said bizarre the fascination for me was like I kind of keep bringing up the top band, but in complete contrast, it's the exact opposite. It's so slow moving. The acting is so impeccable. The story kind of stays with you. And I've been thinking about it ever since I watched it. The first thing I noticed though, was the music pissed me off. When I first started watching it, it was so loud. And I even turned to my partner, we watched it together and I was like, God, it's quite, because some of it sounded like succession. There was like bits where it sounded like that succession theme tune. So that was a lot. And then after the film, we watched it, both very stony-faced. I mean, anything to do with it, I'm sure like anyone, anything to do with sort of like child sexual abuse, I find it very harrowing and like kind of, I don't know, I go into like a weird, I watch it in a very weird way where I'm kind of like, this is really stressful. And then we spoke about it, what did you think, blah, blah. And I started reading reviews and this was the first time I found out it was a comedy. And this one review was like, in The Guardian, serpentine in its plotting, queasily unsettling in its subject matter and very, very funny Todd Haynes' latest picture is as deft a tonal juggling act as you will see anywhere this year. And I was like, wait. You, you got zero comedy did I, from it. I didn't find it. But I think I didn't have any preconceptions or pre-notions apart from what you said to me in the last episode. So I just went in and watched it. And the, because I knew the context, and so I watched the whole film through this lens of like, I fundamentally find this all really disturbing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't find any humour in anything. I don't mm. know about you guys. Rashira, what about you? So I also read a review in The Guardian, possibly the same one, and I didn't really understand the notes of humour either. Somebody tweeted, um, the only joke in this was the hot dog thing right at the beginning. So if you watch, look out for that maybe. But I, yeah, I, I didn't get any humour from it either. I'm completely dumbfounded as to why it's listed as a comedy. So I, I, I agreed this on the first watch, went and spoke to some friends and they said, if you want to see the comedy, one, read a bit of the screenplay. So I went and I did. Okay. And you mentioned the hot dog joke. So, I mean, we can give this in the first five minutes. It's she's in the kitchen, Gracie, with her list. She sort of opens the fridge and there's this boom of music. And she says, I'm worried we're going to run out of hot dogs. And then in the next scene, there's an abundance of hot dogs. And when you're watching this, knowing that the, the plot line, you kind of go, it's an odd moment. I guess there's a little bit of 
humor there when you read it it is quite funny really so i would say to anyone who is really dumbfounded one go and go and read the script as okay. it's written well, at, it's retroactively after then reading like some pieces about it i do see where the humor was designed to be so like natalie portman's mm. character is this kind of like soap opera actress who's taking on this indie film that's going to be about this very heavy subject matter and she's taking it so seriously she's gone to research them but she all she basically does is fuck everything up and make joe aware of his trauma basically that was hard yeah. for me to watch and that took me to the second being because I'm like, oh, she's shit. She's so Because bad. Natalie yes. Portman obviously is yeah. this powerhouse and she's done Completely. these amazing serious roles. And went, oh, she's a shit actress who's like taking this too seriously. She's like an and she's like acting like she's a Yes, she's acting like she's a journalist, but she's not at all. She's just yes. like, yeah. you realise then when she's kind of like, mirroring Gracie. Gracie's obviously awful, but Gracie's obviously got, again, it's like you can understand her behaviour, it doesn't mean you can excuse it. He's young, but he's got this old soul. She's obviously been so traumatised, we don't know whether, what, like why she's like that, but she is obviously like this child, whether she's a narcissist or been traumatised. And then you've got Natalie Portman's character coming in, what's she called? Elizabeth. There's a really jarring moment in the film, which I think really gives you insight perhaps into Natalie Portman's character when she's on the phone to someone working on the film that she's working on when they're trying to cast the character of Joe, And she says, can we find a sexier 12 year old? So this is the point. She's so blasé with the subject matter that she's wading into. I saw people comparing it to the true crime industry and how heartless people can be when kind of wading into these subjects and, you know, coming into their lives and talking about it. And there is a moment where Charles Melton, he has such an earnest outbreak of emotion, which is really mm. rare because his whole thing is he's so, he's so repressed in the show, in the movie. And he's just like, this isn't a story. This is my life. So, I mean, to talk about Charles Melton would be a whole other episode because he is so fantastic Incredible. in this. His, the physicality of his movements. I mean, he's a big man in real life and he's obviously, he's a very beautiful man. He's a, he's very kind of yep. large and he's, he looks like an adult man when you see yeah. him in press. In the film, he manages so to like, oh to draw himself inwards to become a kind of trembling, t- someone stuck between adulthood and yep. and childhood but because of a trauma he's so he's so in arrested development it's I, amazing i thought everyone's acting was impeccable i thought it was one of julianne moore's best performances i was so captivated by her but i thought that um charles melton yeah when the first time he confronts gracie his reaction to yeah. her i've never believed anything more for me the storyline i still i find it so uncouth in a way to have like had it documented and it's also so matter because you're watching it you're watching a woman play a woman who's talking playing to a woman, a woman who's going to play yes. a woman playing her kind of thing so it's all kind of matter and packaged up in a way that's and because you know it's a true story as well i was kind of watching it flitting between being entertained but the main thing i could kind of i think i focused on was how I thought every actor in that was just mm-hmm. Natalie Portman as well because she was so unlikable and oh, that's gosh, quite unusual yeah. for Natalie Portman. And she gets her like yeah. kind of monologue moment which anyone watching the film, that will hook you. Oh, there's so many God. long, long scenes yeah. where you go, surely they've got a cut, surely they've got a cut and they don't. This is one where she just turns into the camera and she kind of delivers it in the way that she does in Black Swan. Oh, it's so fantastic. The acting is it's impeccable. It's very slow though. Like when I first... Yes, So yeah. if you you have to be ready to engage. But I do think compared to like Saltburn, for example, this would be an Oscar nomination film. Yes. I feel like and I think got- I, I definitely will be. And, and I think it's the aftermath of something terrible happening. So what we're used to like in the TikTok, true crime, when we kind of treat tragic victims as like our own players. Yeah. We just talk about that. We don't think about what happens 20 years down the line after a story like mm. this. Yeah. We don't think about like 
the terrible, like tragic mundane of like a man's life when perhaps he realizes he is a victim. Um, and that's, it's maybe complete diversion from how we normally engage with big stories, like yes. the sensationalism, the tabloids. Well, what about when no one's interested in the story? What about when it's just like a TV movie? What about mm. then? What about the rest of that person's life? If you at home watch it, I think it's going to be in conversations for like months to come. I think it's going to be like big nomination buzz. And yeah. I do just think it's a really worthy film. I think it's beautiful. It is maybe the, the best film I've watched this year. <gasps> I know even Saltman, even our beloved Saltman. Yeah, I loved it. And I really do encourage people to go and see it at the cinema or, or on Sky. <laughs> I, I think that was a really great episode, guys. Sounds like you don't think yeah. that. No, I really had a good time. Can I go? <gasps> I need a good time. <laughs> uh, remember, everything that we've referenced today, we will put in the description line in the show notes. Actually, while I've got you, we really want to talk about Smothered next week. It's on Sky. Please watch it so we can all have some big discussions around it. Can we have some more context? Um, so it's a rom-com written and produced by Monica Heisey, author of Really Good Actually, amazing writer and oh i'm just obsessed with it so please 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 can we talk about it i'm sold i'll watch it all great if there's anything else you want to tell us send us a message at everything is content pod and make sure you're subscribed and please do tell all your friends we'll see you next week see ya bye, bye. bye. bye.